This morning, and uh, one more good morning in the comments section here. There we go. How's everybody doing this morning? We're off to uh, a start, a different type of day. Somebody cried out for some help yesterday, and uh, gonna kind of change things up a bit today with uh, how I run my day at least and uh, giving some some physical help to somebody that uh, uh, has the opportunity to have a home and uh, but several things have to come together for them today in order to have that home and so we're uh, trying to get geared up for some 
deconstructive, constructive type of work this morning, at least for a few hours to help out. Just pray all goes well. There are trees coming down, buildings being moved, uh, other things like that needing to happen today. So um, within the first few hours, just pray that that goes all very, very well. Uh, thank you for your prayers yesterday. I ask you to pray for a young man, and we had uh, a, uh, I think, a really, really good conversation yesterday, and uh, just praying that that he will allow the Lord to just really work in his life in, in significant, significant ways um, to learn to live with Jesus. I mean, that's what we're all needing to do, to learn to live with Jesus, and uh, to walk with him every day, all the time, and uh, even in our failures, but learning to walk with Jesus. So, but thank you for your prayers. Uh, let's keep praying for Turkey. Uh, the last I saw, I think the the death toll had reached twelve thousand people uh, for Turkey and Syria, where those uh, where that earthquake, those earthquakes. I think I remember something like. Uh, there were two earthquakes and like 120-something aftershocks, which feel like earthquakes, um, that took place. So you think about the unnerving that that would do, and you think about the the loss that people would feel. Uh, I mean, just absolute devastation there in that part of Turkey and Syria. So we do, Lord, we do pray for those people that are alive, that is, that have lost loved ones, that uh, you would bring them comfort in their absolutely incredible grief. Uh, for those that are missing, that maybe still be alive, we pray for miracles today that uh, uh, that rescuers would find some people yet alive. And uh, would you perform miracles to uh, see uh, people rescued who are still still alive? Uh, and Lord, also for those that are searching uh, in in the wreckage for uh, bodies, uh, Lord, give them comfort, give them strength uh, in, in the midst of the heartache. We pray for President Erdogan of Turkey. Lord, we know he maybe perhaps stands in a different place spiritually than what we stand and in terms of belief. But Lord, we pray that nonetheless you give that president and uh, that government, wisdom and compassion uh, in how they deal with what is happening there in eastern Turkey, as well as for the leaders in Syria as well. Uh, the Lord, you would just give wisdom. And for those bringing humanitarian aid, uh, give them wisdom uh, to, uh, to know how to best work. So this morning, our hearts and prayers uh, go out to all of those go up for all of those. Our prayers don't go to them. Our prayers go to God uh, on their behalf. So, Father, would you uh, just intervene and intercede in that situation there in Turkey and in Syria? As well, we pray for those in Ukraine today. We haven't prayed for them in a while. We pray this morning. People have lost homes. People have lost loved ones. People have lost uh, livelihoods. Uh, and that war continues. And yesterday I read something about uh, uh, Putin's eyes on Poland. Uh, so, Lord, would, would you stop that war, we pray? Would you stop Putin in his tracks? So uh, we, lift, uh, we lift all of this to you. And pray now as we turn to your word that you would speak to our hearts, instruct us, inspire us, uh, 
as we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are in Luke chapter 19. We're down at uh, verse verse 11. You would find a, well, it might be a comparable. It doesn't come up as a synoptic gospel, uh, as synoptic in the gospels. This seems to be standalone. Now, remember, Jesus is in the region of Jericho, and uh, so you can you can see the the areas here. I need to put this on. Uh, well, I'm trying to look at my screen here to to see it. But he's on his way down to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is here, and here you can see uh, Jericho uh, down in that brown section, uh, just just a little bit uh, inland to the west of the Dead Sea. So he's in Jericho on his way down to Jerusalem, uh, and he is still there, and he is teaching, uh, teaching there. And this is what he's going to say. While they were listening to what he had to say earlier in the preceding verses, when he said, for the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost, it says while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. They thought that absolutely what was going to happen was Jesus was going to do something political. and. Uh, it wasn't the politics, not at all. Uh, it was salvation for all uh, who would believe that he would be bringing, uh, but they they still had this misnomer of just what he would be doing. So while they were listening, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem, uh, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him. We don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned you ten more. Well done, my good servant, the master replied. Because you've been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. He answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here's your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in, and you reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, Take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, He already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. 
But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who do not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. I mean, this what what a what a passage. What a challenging passage, especially when you get to the end when he speaks about uh, the enemies. You know, bring them here, kill them in front of me. I mean, you don't think of hearing things like this, but but he is telling a parable. And he's telling a parable about this shrewd king who who has a high demand on his subjects uh, and the subjects needed to produce. Well, this is kind of a parable uh, in sorts of us. Um, a What I believe is a complementary passage to this, you read in Matthew chapter 25, uh, and I will take you there, and we will look at that passage as well. It's told in just a little bit different of a fashion. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man, or the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five talents went and put the money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who'd received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with him. The man who received the five talents brought five others. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who'd received the one talent, came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take from take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What a challenging pa challenging passage, don't you think? Absolutely challenging passage. When we come to it, I mean, if you were to boil this down into a heading, of course, the text does that for us uh, in, in the passage. Parable, the talents is, is what it might be say, but if you were to boil this down into a sentence or two, um, what would you say? How would you write this? What would your summary of these passages be? 
What is the call that is given? We've been given stuff. Some of us have been given a great deal. Some have been given uh, just a little. Doesn't matter how much you're given, you're responsible for what you've been given. You're responsible to use it for Christ. You're responsible to use it for the kingdom. And uh, you're responsible to to bring a return with it. Um, for some, uh, it, it might be, at, let's use a pastor as an example. For some pastors, it will be their, their local church. Uh, and that will be their responsibility. It might be a flock of um, 30 people. But that's their responsibility, and their responsibility is to to help that flock to grow, not only spiritually, but to help that flock grow uh, numerically as well. Uh, Because uh, if the flock isn't growing numerically, it indicates unhealth. It indicates that there's not a focus on, uh, uh, on evangelism as there needs to be. So it could be a, a flock of 30 supposed to grow. Uh, others uh, are given responsibility over many flocks uh, or over many places, and they're responsible to produce fruit. Now, that's speaking of pastors. What about everyday, ordinary uh, folk like yourselves, most of you who are not clergy, not pastors listening to this, God has given you skills, God has given you abilities, uh, and God wants to see what you will do with what you've been given. In the end of the analysis, in both the Luke 19 passage, where Jesus is speaking, uh, coming out of Jericho, as well as this passage, where Jesus is speaking, in both instances, there is an account which is given. Uh, the, the master does return. The master does come back. The master does say, what have you done with what you've been given? So you take an assessment of what are your skills, gifts, and abilities. What, what has God given you to do? And then you use it. You put it to work, and you use it. Uh, you use it for the kingdom. Some, it may be uh, lending a helping hand. You may have the gift of service, and you you lend a helping hand to people. That might be what it is for some of you. Uh, For some of you, it might be giving administrative leadership. Uh, For some of you, uh, it might be uh, encouraging other people, and you're just such an encourager. Uh, For some, uh, it may be as an evangelist. there are those in, in this morning group who who demonstrate some evangelistic savvy, actually. So and uh, so and Fran uh, responding, share the word of God, witness to others, evangelize, pray for and with others, uh, pay forth our ties. I mean, yeah, those are things. I mean, there are things that God has told all of us to do. And uh, we have to ask ourselves, are we doing the things he has told all of us to do? We are to share the word with other believers. Uh, we are to share the word with non-Christians. Uh, we are to be a witness to the world around us. You heard my associate shaking his neck in behind me here. Um, 
we we are as well to use the other skills and gifts and abilities. Some have musical skills, gifts, and abilities. You're responsible for that. Some have artistic skills, gifts, and abilities. You're responsible for that. Uh, some have cooking skills, gifts, and abilities. You're responsible for that. Some have hospitality gifts. You're responsible for that. Uh, some have uh, preaching gifts and teaching gifts. We're responsible for that. Um some have strategic management gifts. You're responsible for that. There's all kinds of gifts. There are all kinds of abilities. And, and the question in the end that will be asked is, what did you do with the gifts that I have given to you? We will all answer for that. But you notice what uh, what takes place in the text. Those that, that went out and put their talents to work the Luke passage called it minas. This calls it talents, but they put their talents to work. The one uh, who gained the five more down in verse 20 says, the man who received the five talents brought the other five. Mastery said, you entrust me with five. See, I've gained five more. There, Some people will say, well, we shouldn't be counting. It's not about the numbers. You know, it's not about the numbers. Well, well, to a certain measure, I, I understand what people are saying, and often pastors will say that. And sometimes churches, you know, we, we want to have a little contest to see who's better or something like that. We, we need to lay that type of mentality aside. Um, but there is a measure. Uh, and this is one of those passages that indicates a measure that will take place. And there is a measure of gain. There is a measure of growth that is expected. So to those who would say, we shouldn't be all about the numbers, we shouldn't be all about the growth, this passage seems to indicate otherwise, does it not? If you are to go back to Matthew chapter 13, Matthew 13, the parable of the sower and the soils, the end of that parable speaks of the harvest. Some brought forth a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Um, indicates counting, does it not? Same thing in verse 22 with the person who gained two talents, who had two talents, they gained two more. Both instances in verse 21 and verse 23, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, sometimes I think that we expect that there's going to be good, well done, good and faithful service because we kept our noses clean. You know, we, we, we weren't uh, overly, overtly sinful and we think we're going to hear well done, good and faithful servant. I'm not so sure that's the case. I'm not so sure that the rich, warm welcome is going to be just for Christians who just make it by the skin of their teeth. I am not sure. I mean, this is something to think on. Yes, there'll be a welcome into heaven. Yes, there'll be that hug from Jesus. But I think that the well-done, good and faithful servant is reserved in heaven for those who actually do something for the kingdom. I it just the text seems to indicate this. Now I I'm not trying to be disparaging to to people who make heaven just by the skin of their teeth. I praise God for that. In fact, let me show you. I'll take you to a passage here that speaks about people who uh, make heaven just by the skin of their teeth. By the by the skin of their teeth. What I mean by that is uh, they've had they, they've had enough legitimate faith. They've had a faith that 
that has trusted in Christ so much so that they would have eternal life. Um, that's what I mean by the skin of their teeth. There are people that, okay, they have trusted enough. It's a real faith, but it isn't a faith that was an invested type of faith. In fact, I mean, there is some struggle that we can have out of this passage um, down at verse 26 when, when they get into this. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put my money back on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have at least received it back with interest. I mean, he is indicating an expectation of some type of return. Take that talent from him from him, and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he'll have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And notice the end. And throw that worthless servant into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I don't want to overread into this, but you know that the person was given a talent at least. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to say that this person was saved as, as we get into the theology in that way. But certainly they were given something of the kingdom that they could have done something with, and they didn't do it. There's a challenge. I mean, this this gets kind of challenging and harsh at the end, both of this passage as well as that Luke 19 passage. There is a requirement that is given. Now, let me take you over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 for just a moment. I want to show you what the Apostle Paul says here. I'll pick up at verse 11. It says this, No one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he'll receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Now, he goes on down through there and talks about our body being the temple. But, I, but you look at uh, verse 15. Verses 14 to 15, if what he has built survives, he'll receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. I mean, I could ask the question, how are you building for the kingdom? How am I building for the kingdom? There's a shift taking place in, in what I do and how I do what I do, because I have a sense, and you look at passages like this, I have a sense of responsibility for what God has given me, and it is to produce fruit. I want to build with gold. I want to build with good materials. I want to build with materials that will not be lost in the end. What about you? I want to have a return for Christ when he comes back. I, I want to be able to say, you gave me this, and this is what I did with it. So, and Walter saying this, he says, uh, uh, if your talents are used properly, numbers will follow. And, and I agree with that. 
if we love people properly and if if we do if we preach faithfully i'm thinking of the church setting if we pray diligently uh, if we employ our gifts and talents, God will bring the increase. We're responsible to try to put it to work, not to bury it. That's our responsibility. And we will give an account for that responsibility according to what we read in the text. Uh, over in the comment section, says this, I was so excited on Sunday when you shared about Sophie designing the front of the bulletin. She is new to our church, and she stepped right up and asked how she could use her talent for God. Uh, I believe God has opened a door in our church and we'll see many more stepping up to be used by God. We absolutely will. It, it's going to be a necessity uh, for people to step up and uh, to to do more. Uh, I, I am doing less uh, in some ways in our church that we may do more uh, that because there will be a greater fruitfulness as more people are engaged and uh, I mean, as you know, some of the travel coming up uh, in front of me here, um, there, there's that calling. I am responsible for what I do with what I'm called to. I'll give an answer for it. You'll give an answer for it. And it is exciting. And in fact, I'm excited to, to reveal, uh, and you won't get to see it till uh, uh, either the weekly guide comes out via email or it comes out uh, in print. I'm excited for what Sophie has for this week. They, they are wonderful, and in, in my estimation, they are wonderful. What are your talents? What are your skills? What are your gifts? What are your abilities? How are you using them for God? For some of you, for some of you, so, some of it has to do with uh, supporting ministry. There are some who are incredible supporters of ministry. Now, I, I just want to say, uh, and that is that's a gift that God has given to you. Um, I am preparing. I've been waiting to get uh, a, a a fund account set up, but we're going through all the right channels because there are international considerations and things with with what I'm doing. Um, but if if you want to support uh, what I am doing, particularly the trips, uh, I'm, I'm laying out about ten thousand dollars on this trip. Uh, these trips that are coming up, especially excited about what we're doing in South. Well, all of it actually is none of it that I'm not excited about, but the need in South Sudan, um, you know, let me know and uh, I can point you a direction. You can go to veracitychapel.com and go to the giving link and find missions and you can give right there and just note, note, uh, just say uh, PJ travel that will communicate all that needs to be communicated. Uh, you can give there, hopefully within the next few weeks, at least by March, uh, I'm hoping that we'll have uh, everything established uh, in this other uh, other account uh, for future usage um, that you could give there. But for now, if you want to give and, and be a part of this and, and bless, especially bless uh, pastors in South Sudan through what we'll be doing there, um, go to veracitychapel.com, uh, find the giving link, go to missions, and you can give there and support what we're doing. Use what God has given you. Use what God has given you for his honor, for his glory, and find joy in it and wait to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, help us to glorify you today in how we live. Help us to glorify you today in how we serve. Help us to bear fruit for the kingdom that you might be honored. 
and that you might be glad. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. Have a great day, everyone. We will see you tomorrow.